Tyrus Arist was murdered on August 17th, 2018, and this is his two sisters' stories. This interview is with Tyrus's sisters, Shaylee and Dahlia. Hello. Hi, is this Shaylee? It sure is. Hi, it's Kelly calling from Morning the Murdered podcast. How are you? Not bad. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much. Hello. Hi, Dahlia. It's Kelly calling from Morning the Murdered podcast. Hi. Morning the Murdered is a podcast I created because in 1999, a friend of mine was murdered. My name is Kelly, and I am your host. I saw the effects that murder have on family members, and I wanted to give a voice to the loved ones of murdered victims. Every week, I interview the family member of a murder victim. So please be sure to tune in every Thursday to hear their stories on Morning the Murdered podcast. Moose Jaw is in Saskatchewan and is a city with clear skies, a higher number of cloudless days than many cities. Moose Jaw has been visited by many members of the royal family, including Edward, Prince of Wales, who owned a ranch in Pakisco and would visit Moose Jaw every few years. Queen Elizabeth II first visited in 1959 and has come to the city a few times since. The Moose Jaw Art Guild is a community arts association made up of local artists dedicated to exhibiting, educating, and fostering appreciation for visual arts and is a lovely spot to visit. Tyrus Arist was such a fun-loving, happy boy that was so loved by his sisters. He was protective and funny and silly. He loved them so much and always made sure they knew it. Their loss is so deep. These two sisters who once had a brother, a brother they turned to with their troubles and triumphs, their happy and sad times, knowing he was always available night or day to listen, being the sensitive person he was knowing he would always be there to protect them. Knowing he was not only a brother, but a true friend. Knowing he would always be there for them. This is the story of Tyrus Eris' murder. When Shaley and Tyrus were young, they played together all day long, and when they went to school, when siblings often find new friends and new hobbies, activities that don't include their brothers and sisters. This was just not the case for Tyrus and his sister Shaylee. These two were absolutely inseparable, known around town for their incredibly unique bond and friendship. If you saw one of them, you would see the other. They were never far apart from each other. What was your relationship like with your brother Tyrus? Um, well... We're more like best friends and siblings. That's so nice. So you really, you did everything together. Yeah, I mean, we're 16 months apart. So like all our friends are the same. And we did most of the same sports except for hockey. I did not do. We did soccer and judo and volleyball and basketball and track and field and most of your school sports. Wow, so you guys were both very athletic people. Oh, yes, for sure. 
That's that's great. And what other kinds of things did you like to do with Tyrus? We were pretty good at going for bike rides and catching frogs and snakes at the creek. And other than that, as we got older, we'd drink together, hang out. When Dahlia was born, Tyrus fell in love with his little sister immediately. He had such a big heart and had room to love both of his sisters. He would spend hours listening to Dahlia talk through her day or hang out together, just being in the same room, peacefully coexisting. But not usually for long, because Tyrus would certainly do something to get his sister laughing. What was your relationship like with your brother? Um, He was definitely very protective over me and kind of, we would wrestle and fight all the time, but if anyone else were to do that with me, he would lose his mind. He was crazy. <laughs> How so? Um, he just didn't like if anyone was ever like disrespectful or anything to us. He just grew up around girls, so he really couldn't get it through his head when other people would do that, especially guys. Oh, that's so fun. That's so nice. So you felt really, really protected by him and you felt like he, you yeah. had a, yeah. He kind of really made me feel safe. Oh, that's so lovely. That's so lovely. So tell me something you like to do with your brother. Uh, we really just like to kind of hang out, watch movies, just kind of talk about whatever was bugging us. Oh, that's nice. So you were able to even speak with him because sometimes sisters and brothers, they can't talk to each other, right? You know, they don't have yeah, that. Yeah, no, he definitely had a big heart and wasn't afraid to talk about his feelings or anyone else's feelings. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's so nice. Yes, I've heard he was such a outgoing sort of guy with you guys and very, very loving to his family. Oh, yes, definitely. Ted was probably the biggest heart out of all of us. Just a real big lover. Shaylee loved her childhood and the town she lived in. But as she got older, she saw another side to the city she loved so much. And so as a child, did you feel safe in your city? As a child, yeah, I did, for sure. You did. And did you feel safe uh, right up until Tyrus was murdered? Or was that sort of something that changed your safety and security level? Or, um, Well, it started to change before that, like, um, with addictions. Like, I was bad into drugs for a while there, too, and just situations you'd put yourself in. You started to realize your safety was kind of on the line and whatnot. So as I got out of it, it kind of changed my whole view of the city. Tell me about the unfortunate day that you found out that your brother was murdered. Well, that day was kind of an odd one. Um, I woke up and I was supposed to go to a wedding in Swift Current the following day. So I was going to go stay at a friend's house in Swift Current, and I just kind of felt super uneasy and unsettling, kind of like I was waiting for something to happen almost, like my emotions were all over the place, Mm. and so I ended up, I actually stated that to my boyfriend that day, I I said to him, I was like, I feel like something bad is going to happen today, and I carried on he drove me to Swift and I went to my friend's house and they were kind of pre-drinking and whatnot before the wedding and I could only 
convince myself to have one or two. I just, I didn't feel right at all. And so I just said to my friend, I was like, you know what, you stay and drink with your sister and I'll take your kids and I'll go to your house. And so I went to her house and we got the kids to bed and whatnot. And I just kind of couldn't sleep. I was laying there all night. And then I actually got a Facebook message from one of my old friends in Musha, who knew my brother as well. And she messaged me and she was like, are you okay? And right at that moment, I just started bawling. And I was like, can you tell me what the F is going on right now? And I just, I had been waiting for something all day. So I just instant emotional. And uh, she sent me screenshot messages from her boyfriend's sister stating that my brother was shot in the head. And... I just emotionally started bawling and I went outside my friend's deck because everybody was sleeping and I started projectile vomiting and sweating and shaking and then I tried to calm myself down and get a hold of my mom and my mom wasn't answering and anybody that knows my mom knows that if she knows we're out and about drinking in that and she's nowhere near us that she can't pick us up. She doesn't like to answer the phone and listen to your drunk gibberish. So I was screaming at the sky after the third call that my mom wouldn't answer. And I was yelling at the sky and I was like, just tell my mom I'm not effing drunk. She needs to answer this phone. And when she finally answered, I was trying to hold my composure and I just asked her, I was like, have you heard my brother today? Uh, or from my brother today? And she was like, no, kid, I haven't. And I was like, well, Mom, I think that he might be dead. Tyrus's mom was quite horrified now and needed to know what was happening. They kept calling each other as Tyrus's mom drove around town trying to find answers. First to the location that the shooting was to have taken place. But as there was only one officer outside the door, she was feeling a little better because wouldn't there be police tape and many officers on the scene for a shooting that was to have just happened only hours before? She went to the police station to get accurate answers to what was happening. Was her son shot? While Tyrus's mom waited in the police station for an officer to come out and answer her questions, the wait seemed unbearable, getting very little information. Shaley called again, and her and her mother were on the phone when an officer came and said, someone is dead, but we cannot identify the body as he was shot in the face and is unrecognizable. I remember her calling me back and she was at the cop shop and I remember her telling me that they say that it was something along the lines of, they say that they can't release any information to me, Shay, so that's a good thing. And I remember yelling at her and being like, no, mom, that's not a good thing if they can't release any information to you. And she's like, well, they told me to have a seat. And then I started yelling even louder. And I was just like, that's not a good thing if they want you to stay, mom. And then when we were on the phone, we had an, she had an officer come in and tell my mom that a lot of his officers are distraught because they think that it's Tyrus and they can't tell because he's too dismembered and at that point I was yelling on the phone to my mom tell him to look at his hands look at the tattoos on his hands 
And then the officer replied and was like, that's one reason why we think it might be him. When Shaylee asked the officer what about his hands, the officer gave them some dreadful news. It is because of the hands that we believe it is Tyrus. The tattoos were very distinct. Shaylee was out of town, heartbroken, unbelieving, scared, sad. Knowing that the pit in her stomach that she woke up with that morning, the awful feeling, the dread she had been carrying around all day, of what bad news she may hear on this day, was this, that her brother had been murdered. It definitely took my breath away and triggered anxiety real intense, that's for sure. You wanted to almost not believe it as well, but the way that you felt all day made you want to believe it as well. Shaylee needed to get back to her hometown and see what was happening. She called her boyfriend and he drove her home. While Shaylee is being driven back, Dahlia, the youngest sister, is still sleeping and is also about to hear this terrible news about her brother, about Tyrus. I didn't know, of course, but my mom has left. And I woke up and I just felt uneasy. So I looked at my phone and I seen I had a few missed messages from my cousins, Trey and Chase. And immediately I was like, okay, well, there's something about Tyrus if they're calling me at these hours in the morning and then I sat there and then my mom texted me and she told me not to look at my Facebook and immediately my stomach just kind of sank because the last time she told me that our uncle had passed away Mm. so I kind of (laughs) just was super uneasy and then she climbed in my bed and kind of just rubbed my face and then I knew she was about to say something that would change my life forever because she just was all shaky and couldn't really just get it out right away. And then she had told me my brother was killed. And I don't quite recall exactly what happened after that. I just remember screaming at the top of my lungs, screaming no. And then, but I can't recall if I sat there for a few moments first and screamed or screamed first and then sat there. And then I remember just shaking and crying and it just being so violent that I, it was almost like I forgot how to breathe. Dahlia has little memory of what happened after she heard for the rest of that day. She knows that family came over to be there for them. She was told she spent the better part of the day upstairs in her room and that her grandmother had came to check on her. She doesn't remember any of that. Her whole world had been shattered. Her safety and security had been ripped out from under this poor teenage girl. Her life would never be the same. I remember getting lots of hugs and everyone telling me their story. But it's all their faces and everything kind of just mushed together. Although the one thing that does really stand out is my two best friends, they came over. And without me even having said anything to them, and they brought flowers to me and my mom. And then they took me for a drive just to kind of give me time to think and to breathe for a moment. The day after your brother was killed, 
Um, I understand that you had gone to the house where the murder took place. Is that right? Yeah, I did. And tell me, tell me about that. What, what, what prompted you to go there and what happened while you were over there? I ended up going for a drive with my auntie, my mom's closest sister. And we went for a drive just to kind of like breathe a little. And I just asked her, I was like, do you know where it happened? And she's like, yeah, I do. I can show you. And so she started driving there. And as we were driving there, I could feel that pulling of something on my neck even harder. And she turned onto the street and I just pointed to it. I was just like, is that the house? And she was like, yeah, how did you know that? And like, I, I did know the address, but I didn't remember it off the top of my head. It was just this, the feeling what kept pulling me right right to it. Wow. And when we pulled up, I was with my brother's girlfriend and my aunt is who I was with. And I instantly noticed these cameras on the outside of this house that he died in. And I noticed the window had been shot out in the one room. So my brain was like, okay, that's where he died. And if there's freaking cameras here, how did they not see somebody coming up with masks on very true very true and did they have an explanation for that well i me being kind of cocky person that i am i wanted to test the theory so i was going to get out of the van and my auntie started screaming at the top of her lungs and shaking and she was like my nephew just died in there you're not fucking going in there and I was like, I'm sorry, Auntie, I love you, but I, I got to do this. And already I was I was feeling so angry as I got there because there's people in the house. And like, why is there people in there if my brother was just killed not even 24 hours in this house? Like, why is it not taped off, you know? Of course. Are you kidding me? I find that absolutely crazy that it wasn't taped off. Oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. So I got out of the van. And I just kind of was like walking up towards the window of where he shot out. And I looked at the cameras and I gave it the fingers, what I did. And <laughs> as soon as I gave the camera the fingers, all of a sudden the blinds like keeled open and there's two people looking at me. Oh my goodness. And so my brain was just like, so you did fucking see them coming. Clearly you seen them coming and you knew it. Mm. That's so I started so I started waving my hand like come down here I want to talk to you and all of a sudden the window opened they like opened the window and they're like who are you why are you here and I was just like um my brother was just shot in this house last night and I want some answers the people that were at that house Tyrus thought they were his friends but the next day, nothing seemed to have changed. They seemed to have learned nothing from witnessing a drug-related murder right in their house, in front of their eyes. Shaylee saw drug use going on. She was so shocked she couldn't believe it. And then she realized there was no police tape. The day after a murder. Nothing stopping anyone from going inside this house or leaving. No investigation, just back to the way things were the previous day. The day her brother was killed. 
The police didn't seem to be putting any effort into preventing this crime scene from being tampered with. She went there only planning to talk to the people that were there, maybe get some answers. But when they opened the door, the homeowner and a girl came out, and the girl insisted Shaylee be allowed inside as she was Tyrus's sister and deserved to come in if that's what she needed. Shaylee didn't hesitate. She wanted to see where her brother had spent the last night of his life. Word of mouth is such a powerful tool. So please help us to reach as many listeners as possible and tell a friend and let them know that we can be found on their favorite podcast platform. Also, don't forget to join our Facebook group, Morning the Murdered. I want to send a big thank you out there to all of our supporters. Liam, Noah, and Emma, thank you. You can donate to the Morning the Murdered podcast through Patreon or PayPal at morningthemurdered at gmail.com. That's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-T-H-E-M-U-R-D-E-R-E-D at gmail.com. Thanks so much for your generosity. And now back to the show. That feeling on my neck, that pulling just kept like reefing on me. At this point, it felt like somebody had their hands around my neck and was literally like, let's go get in here. Come on. Wow. That must've been quite an experience for you. Oh, it was super intense. And like, uh, my aunt and Chandel were both on either side of me and we were standing right in front of the door and in the middle of them rambling, I just, I looked up and I was like, can I go in there? The owner of the house, Ryan, just kind of like looked up at me with like huge eyes, like, are you serious kind of thing? Right. And Allie was just like, are you sure you want to? And I was like, yeah, I have to. I was like, I have to. I can't. I, I have to. I can't explain it. And she walked me up the stairs. And then I just walked straight to the door. And she's like, how did you know that was the door? And I was like, I don't know. Oh. I just, I could, I could feel it. And the door was shut. And I felt kind of, I felt angry instantly. Like I felt super mad. Like I was going to freak out. And Allie looked at me and she just said, she's like, I'm going to open the door and you can choose to go in if you want to. But if it's too much, just tell me and I'll shut the door. Okay. And like, she was honestly really respectable about it. Wow. That's, that's and, nice. I, I'm happy that you had at least that, you know, when you're there and you have someone on your side, you know, trying to guide you through things and telling you that she's there for you and that go at your own pace. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, it, that was nice. And I just said to her, I was like, I'm just going to tell you this. I'm going in there, whether I feel like I should or not. She opened the door and I took my first step into the room. And all of a sudden that like, that feeling around my neck just left me. Like it was just, it was just gone. Like I had arrived to that destination that I was supposed to be at. And I remember standing in there and I, all my anger and all my emotions just kind of left me. I am looking at blood on the walls, smeared, and there's 
big old bleach jugs and a scrub pad on the ground and there's parts of his brain on the ground and I'm looking at black marker circlings around some of the blood splatter and how I explained it to my mom like she was super mad at me that I did that she was so mad because I could have put myself in danger and I could have traumatized myself and you know there's just so many bad things that I should reasons why I should not have done that How frightening it must have been walking into the place that your brother was killed and only hours before. Shailene kneeled down and took a deep breath and spoke to her brother. It felt like Tyrus was right there with her. She was looking around in shock, acknowledging that she should be more affected. But because she felt her brother's presence, as though he had led her there, she felt something more akin to peace and tranquility. They then began to find out what happened. Tyrus was at this friend's house. They had drugs in the house. Two people suddenly burst into the home. One of these armed robbers had a gun. The other is said to have had a machete in the court hearing, but an eyewitness says that he also had a gun. But really, both are absolutely horrendous weapons. Tyrus, only 21 years old, was sitting on the bed when these two thugs broke in and one held a gun to Tyrus's head while the other beat up his friend. They stole the drugs and were getting ready to leave. The murderer went back into the room and pointed the gun straight at Tyrus's face. He shot and killed him. A weapon was never found, and the police didn't seem to investigate too hard. Shaylee was very disappointed with the investigation, and so were the family, and it showed in the courtroom. There was a lot of commotion during the trial, people yelling and screaming at the injustice of it all. At one point during the trial, a lawyer said, well, the shooter only had a grade 10 education and didn't grow up in a good home. So there should be some leniency. So Tyrus's uncle jumped up yelling that those criteria therefore give someone free reign to kill? Another sore point in the trial came when while the family learned for the first time in the courtroom that armed men was masked and wasn't receiving the mandatory minimum additional five-year term for the offense, another ruckus was stirred and their complete dissatisfaction was exclaimed. The shooter got 13 years for a plea of manslaughter. As always, the devastating effects spiral out of control, haunting so many people. Tyrus's youngest sister now has to live with her new reality. What did you do to deal with this tragedy? How did you get through those horrible, awful uh, time at the beginning? I honestly don't really remember. Like, I remember crying sometimes. But other than that, I really, I think, didn't try to deal with it. And probably not the best thing, but I didn't deal with it for a while down the road. Just kind of tried to be strong and the happy, funny kid that I've always been for everyone else. 
And then, and then after that time, what did you start to do to help yourself heal? Did you ever? I started to go and talk to a therapist, and I also started an anxiety group at school. Um, the more that I pushed it down and avoided it, the more force it popped up with every time it kind of did pop up, and I would have a breakdown and kind of just cry for a second. Oh but I think overall talking to somebody who wasn't close to it and didn't really have an emotional aspect on it was really nice and just kind of let me vent and get out all my feelings without feeling like I was hurting someone else or bringing it up for them. Well, and especially because I've always been so like iffy about going to therapy and talking to somebody about stuff that bugged me and I just found that it's way way easier than you think that it is and it helps so so much in the long run because they give you so much strategies and healthy coping mechanisms to use it definitely uh, encourages others to feel like they're going to be okay when they're going through their hard times because yeah hard times may last for a year two years who knows but there's Always sunshine, I think. Oh, that, that's great. This brave young girl, still in high school and having to learn to cope with this horrible tragedy, her brother being murdered, and the after effects on her causing such severe anxiety. Breathing exercises she learned helps her a lot. And one of the simple ones she'd like you to try is counting to 10 very slowly as you breathe. It's an easy one for anyone to get started. I think that if I would have just dealt with my grief in a healthier way at the beginning, then I would have struggled as much with school. Right. So getting that counseling immediately would have been beneficial for you then, having someone to talk to. And do you find that people have treated you differently since your brother was murdered? I think um, a lot of people at the beginning were very cautious, didn't really know what to say. They were scared to bring his name up because they didn't know how I would react, which I kind of almost found offensive because I didn't like that they wouldn't, because I like, I just like hearing stories about him and talking about him and, you know, just keeping his spirit alive. Right. So you have uh, your, your recommendation then to people is don't avoid speaking about the murdered person. We, you know, you want to talk about them, right? Yeah. And like, um, definitely I wouldn't like, in a sense, they kind of walked on eggshells around me for a while, which I also didn't like, like I didn't like them treating me like I was like, a glass china doll being breakable. You could give some some advice to somebody on how they could, you know, when they're feeling uncomfortable and they don't know what to say to someone who's lived through a tragedy like you have where your brother was murdered, how could they open up a conversation with you if they're feeling nervous? What could they say to somebody? Um, even just, like, bringing up a memory that you have with them is really nice because it kind of gets us in the mood to talk about them but not wanting to cry right away and that gives us more of a chance to open up about some of our memories which will get us talking and then 
we will honestly probably just start talking about stuff that's been bugging us. If you're a close friend to us, I noticed I kind of would just ramble on once they started a conversation about it. Dahlia didn't really know what Tyrus was involved with while he was heading down the path that led him to be in a potentially terrible situation. She said he kept that life separate from family, having too much respect for them and him thinking Dahlia may not have been proud of him had she known, but she said nothing could have been further from the truth. Dahlia loves her brother and always would have no matter what. She is a very courageous girl with incredible insight and powerful decision-making skills that keep her moving along in a very good direction. So what advice could you give to young people who are experiencing, you know, sort of peer pressure and drugs? What can they do to not start using? To um, immediately cut off the friends that are peer pressuring you and making you feel bad for saying no, because people that truly care about you aren't going to try and force you to use drugs or even really bring drugs around you if you don't want them around you because they'll care enough about you to respect you. Dahlia recommends to parents to remember how important it is to keep open communication with your children. When harsh punishments are meted out for small offenses, children are less likely to come back and tell you what is going on in their lives, and they need someone to talk to, and best it is their parents. Like, I did do my fair share of parties when I was in high school and definitely had streaks of not going to school and just hanging out with my friends and partying. But I realized that's no way to live your life and you don't get anywhere doing that. So, like I said, I just cut off these friendships that I absolutely adored, but they just weren't going where I was going and they were hindering my growth rather than just growing with me. How has your brother's death affected you in your daily life? Well, um, it's definitely altered a lot of things for me. Um, growing up and just everything through life, he was always my person that I spoke to about everything, whether it was boy problems or friend problems or pissed off at the parents or, you know, like, we're a big Italian family, so a lot of shit happens. And right. It was really hard for me not to have him to talk to. And here I heard his voice for months on end. And that drove me insane because it just made me crave a conversation that I could never actually have. And it made me think about my future and how... You know, like, having children without my brother around seems so hard. And our dad wasn't very present in our life, so I always imagined my brother being the one to walk me down the aisle one day. And just... Oh, my goodness. That is so touching and heartbreaking. My goodness. Shaylee misses her brother every day. With every new memory she wants to share with him, with every experience she wants to enjoy with him, with every thought and every heartbeat. She had started down the road using drugs when she was younger as well, but woke up one day and knew that the detrimental effect it was having on her 
the scary situations she was waking up in, the possibilities for absolutely dire events to happen. She became sober and has stayed that way for five years. That is remarkable. When her brother was murdered, it would have been so easy for her to fall back into that world of drug abuse, but she didn't. She is strong and intelligent and capable. She makes a choice each day to stay sober and live a good life, one that is far removed from the dangers that her brother saw, the dangers that led to his murder. She wishes he too could have run with her from that world before it was too late. It is very hard for Shaylee to go home. Everywhere she turns, she sees Tyrus or feels him, relives a memory with him as they spent their childhood hanging out in every corner of their town. She feels as though she is being punched in the face when she arrives there, and the grief is brought right back to the first moment she heard the devastating news that Tyrus was dead. The funeral. The trial. In her mom's house, she sees his shadows in every corner and feels him wake her from her sleep with a cheeky tap on her shoulder. But she also feels comfort, knowing he is there, feeling his love, close to her. Dahlia gets through each day using the strategies she has learned through the counseling she has been getting. She talks to her mom and her sister and her friends, particularly her two best ones that were there for her right after her loving brother had been murdered. She misses him every day and will forever. So what's your favorite memory of your brother? Can you think of something that really stands out in your mind? Spend a lot of time together, but probably my favorite memory is <laughs> my mom was working and she was working uh, during the day. So it was just us, like coming home for lunch and going back to school. But we had gotten a lot of snow. So my brother said, I think we should have a snow day. <laughs> and I didn't argue. So a snow day we had and us and his friend went over and the snow was pretty much right up against the fence and the roof of the apartment buildings near us. So we climbed up on the roof and jumped in, we're jumping into the snow and I got so far down in the snow all I remember is sticking my hand up and he said he, all he could see was my hand and he had to come him and his friend had to come pull me out. Is there anything else you'd like to share today with um, about your brother, about your feelings, or about how things went? Um, probably just that it is still hard, even being almost two years later. I still kind of have thoughts in the back of my mind, like, he's going to come home. A part of me also knows that it is a reality mm. and that he is gone. So I just want to say that for anyone else going through this, it's normal to have thoughts that they're going to come home or that they're out there somewhere. I definitely still struggle with it. But like I said, it does get easier as you go. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for getting me in my feelings. I try not to dig in there very often. Oh, well, I'm happy that you were able to do that with me today. That's really great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.
thank you so much for taking your time to listen to me and hear everything I have to say. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. And have a great day. You too. Okay, bye-bye. I will read something that Shaylee wrote. It is powerful. It is emotional. It is heartfelt. It is sad. Losing Tyrus. Losing my brother is like a giant messed up movie where some cruel person has pressed pause on you and hit fast forward on everyone around you. It's not feeling alive, yet somehow you're living. It's a roller coaster of emotions, never knowing which one you feel. Happy, mad, sad, on a constant cycle every waking minute. It's missing the past and not comprehending your future. It's being so overwhelmed you're physically ill, always. It's wanting to be at home, but home not feeling like home. It's being alone because no one understands exactly how you feel inside, your running mind and wounded heart. It's thinking you're gaining ground just to go to court and realize you haven't. It's pretending you're okay, to shattering completely behind closed doors. It's wanting to faint, but instead you puke. It's trying to mend yourself and keep your cool when inside you've lost all control. It's slowing down and never completely catching back up. It's losing all faith in your beliefs, humanity, and yourself. It's looking strong when you've never felt so weak. It's crying when you wash dishes because the hurt comes in waves of utter randomness. It's tattooing the past and erasing future. It's trying to understand something you never will. It's asking questions that can't be answered. It's not sleeping for weeks, then sleeping for days. It's swollen eyelids and a smile. It's not wanting to get out of bed, though you do because you gotta work to live. It's losing pay for court and receiving nothing but disappointment. It's not having the time you need to heal, so you suffer. It's not believing he's really gone to the reality of it winding you. It's not knowing how you feel, but trying to understand your grieving. It's so many thoughts and emotions that you can't let out. It's trying not to be afraid of your brother's spirit. It's feeling crazy because you hear him whisper your name. It's knowing you're helpless and accepting it. Losing my brother is a constant battle inside me. It's having time pass, but you're stopped on August 17th. 2018. I'm not quite sure how people move on after a tragedy. There are support groups online and face-to-face, and there are books and family and friends to lean on. But in reality, when someone loses a loved one to murder, they lose a piece of themselves that can never be returned. Memories are all that are left. So talk about your loved one and let the world know how important they will be to you forever. These memories become valuable treasures. No one will ever understand your pain, but surround yourself with those that can understand how important it is for you to share your story. I will now light a candle for the victim and their loved ones ensuring their memory lives on and burns brightly. 
you are remembered. I want to take a moment and extend my most sincere and humble gratitude to each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, or if you would like your voice to be heard on Morning the Murdered and tell the story of your loved one, email me at morningthemurdered at gmail.com. That's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-T-H-E-M-U-R-D-E-R-E-D at gmail.com. Thank you to Dennis for editing this podcast. You are absolutely indispensable. Thank you so much. A huge shout out to Patrick for creating the original music that you hear. And the artwork for this podcast was created by Talia with support from Matt and Mick. Thanks so much, guys.